Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. Hanging out with you today, Mr. Grant Bills is here as well. Grant? Good morning, Ben. What's up, buddy? A little sleepy. I'm not going to lie. This week, we got some late basketball games. The Brewers have been on the West Coast. I'm, I'm reeling. I'm looking forward to this show and, and my show today. Don't get me wrong. I love hosting with you. I love my show, but I'm excited to sleep a lot this weekend. This has been a week. Beautiful way to counteract not sleeping when it comes to NBA games and specifically late ones. Don't watch it. I was going to say, just sleep. That's what I've been living by, at least this yeah. week. I mean, all the important games get done with. You know what I mean? And, and then the late yeah. games happen. And I don't have much interest, honestly. My worst nightmare is waking up in the morning, checking my phone, and seeing that I missed the most insane finish ever. And I think it's because I went to bed and missed the Rogers Hail Mary in Detroit to Richard Rogers years ago, which I <laughs> hate to admit. It, kill, it kills me. I'm embarrassed to admit. But it happened. And I'm living with that. And, and ever since, I think I've been trying to make up for it. Man, that's football, though. That's something I that know. naturally you are up for as a Packers fan. Interesting. And an owner. It was it was before I purchased a stake in the team that, that maybe that sense. played a role. That makes sense. 877-867-1670. We could take your calls all day today. There's a lot going on, a lot that will be going on this weekend, and we'll get to all of it. You got the launch coming up, Camp Randall tomorrow. We are expecting Zach Heilprin to stop by at some point, but we'll see exactly when that happens. Obviously, Bucks and Heat back underway tomorrow at 6.30. Series has shifted to Miami. And then the Brewers hosting the Red Sox. So much struggling Red Sox this weekend. Brewers are red hot. So we'll get to all that. But as is often the case this time of year, NFL draft, lack of uh, less than one week away. And as we go through the Packers offseason, it obviously happens in shifts. It, it happens in waves. As I see, Grant has pulled up his draft board. Mm -hmm. I can officially report that there has been no players added to the draft board. It is a no. it is a plank of wood. <laughs> Our friend Andrew Wagner did chime in, though. It is pine. I told you it was by pine. The grain in the wood. I have a good eye for wood, Grant. You respect wood, as they said in Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I don't think you've watched. So that's probably I've not seen a some of yet. it. Believe it or not, I've seen episodes here and there. But listen, I, I want to throw some information out there. I want to work through it. So what can we learn from how the Packers have approached this draft process and draft season? There are, like, this is smokescreen season. This is the time of year. A lot of reports come out about players in disparaging ways or positive ways. Teams try to play with the board to try to get guys that they want. So you kind of should take everything you hear this week leading up to the draft with a grain of salt, uh, especially Rogers related updates, which I see there are still some non confirmed reports out there that don't mean much. We'll get to those a little later, but throughout this draft process, here's what I want to put out there. The Packers did not take a visit. They get 30 official visits. Every team does. They're your quote, top 30 visits, but you can use them however you want. The old regime the Ted Thompson regime, I believe used to use those visits more on potential character concerned guys. That would be around the first round as well as later round draft picks guys that they thought they could steal late. The newer regime, the Gudikins regime has been 
visiting for the last couple of years with more guys that they might look to take in the first couple of rounds. I'm pretty sure last year, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, a bunch of those guys were visits during this process. This year, the Packers, they did not take a visit with a top 15 consensus player on the draft board. They obviously have number 15. Everything points towards them taking a tight end. The majority of their visits were with tight ends. A lot of those guys are projected first, second round picks. The four first round lock players that they visited with, or first round-ish, we'll say, Darnell Wright, the tackle, Michael Mayer, Kincaid, tight end as well, and Will McDonald, the edge guy from Iowa State who is a Wisconsin native, I feel obligated to note. Thank you. The question I want to put out there, because like, all signs are pointing towards the Packers taking a tight end in the first round. A lot of their visits say it, and a lot of, I, if you read between the tea leaves, I think many signs are pointing towards number 15, unless a big-time player falls, being a tight end, which I said yesterday, while I'm not categorically against it because it's a need, undoubtedly, and if the player's that good, then sure, it would not be my chosen course of action. The question I want to start with today, Grant, is is tight end the most important need on this Packers team? So can I can I answer your question with a quick follow-up question? Just, just simple. Like, do we weight different positions differently? Like, let's say the Packers need a tight end, uh, safety, uh, edge rusher, right? Maybe they need tight end a little bit more, but edge rusher is a more important position. So if we're talking about which position they need more, are, are, are we taking that into account? Are we weighing positions? I think so. Well, okay. I think you need to. You always need to. If you're a team, okay, here's, here's the asterisks I put on drafts. If you could tell me in the first round, X player is the difference between this team going to the Super Bowl or not, then fine. Throw the positions out the window. That's when running back comes into play, which was yesterday's discussion partially. But the Packers, I think we'd agree they are not X player away from the Super Bowl. But in the event, let's say Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon did not exist, running back would be a need. But how would you weigh that need against other significant needs on the team, which tight end clearly is one. It's one of the more significant. I'm not sure as I look through the roster and what they struggled with last year, I don't think it's the most important need on this team. Um, it's when I go through it, I mean, first of all, you, you look at what the 2022 team struggled with uh, offensively. Obviously, situationally, they were not good. Third down, like overall offensive uh, yards, efficiency, they were a, a solid offense. Not great by any means, but not that bad. They were quite poor situationally. Red zone, uh, 23rd in touchdown percentage. Only 51% of red zone trips were touchdowns. Third down, they struggled. But you look back to those settings, and a lot of them were either boneheaded plays you know you think about the Lions game but I think a tight end would be one thing when you look at that okay they struggled on offense in different situations and in the red zone uh, tight end is one thing that leads towards fixing that that's a position where you get into the smaller areas that's where the mismatches come so I, I'm all for it and, and then obviously you think about giving Jordan Love weapons and that's something that can be really positive but the the avenue I would go actually 
when it comes to this. Uh, the most significant need on their team. I, I look at where the defense struggled last year and why the defense was what it was. They were near the bottom of the league in rush efficiency. They, they were one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. Uh, and, and there were some explosive pass plays given up. We obviously know the, the Joe Barry part about, uh, about coverage and how that was somewhat fixed as you go towards the end of the year. But when I think about why, why was the defense, why did the defense struggle the way it did? They were one of the worst rush defenses in football. Uh, again, rush efficiency, you look at uh, expected points added, explosive runs. Uh, if you want to just go straight from the stats, they allowed the fourth most yards per carry in football last year next to the, uh, the Chargers who were at 5.4, the Giants at 5.2, the Lions at 5.2. Packers were at five, fourth worst, uh, and that's with a, a good amount of attempts. Uh, 18 rushing touchdowns is up there as well. 129 rushing first, first downs. 27% of first downs that teams picked up were on the ground. It was a defense where if, if they had been able to actually figure out the rushing defense, a lot of success would actually have come as a result of that. So when I think about, okay, what is, what's the team's most significant need? What's the team's biggest need? I would actually say it's defensive line. Yeah, they lose Rob Tanya. They lose Mercedes Lewis. They, they don't have tight ends next to Josiah DeGuara right now. And I think tight ends up there. I'd put in the top three. I'd put in the top four. But I don't think there is a, a bigger and more important position of need entering this draft than the defensive trenches. And we could say interior defensive line for that. We could say edge. There are different positions there, but they lose Jerron Reed in the offseason. They lose Dean Lowry, who were not necessarily premier players, obviously. Jerron Reed was maybe a little bit underwhelming in his time in Green Bay. But the depth chart as it stands right now, Kenny Clark's awesome. And hopefully Devontae Wyatt takes a step, but they're extremely thin. And that's a significant piece of it. When you think about the best teams across the NFL, not only are they talented up front on defense, but they are deep. They're able to rotate guys. Injuries don't completely crush it. So with, with Rashawn Gary, obviously coming back off ACL with Preston Smith, getting a little more up there in age. And then just the, the interior defensive line and the lack of depth there, the lack of quality depth. Um, I, I, I look at this first round. I look at the early rounds I look at the overall draft and I continue to think the biggest need on this team is, is not a tight end position that lacks the bodies and lacks the talent, but instead the defensive trenches. So that's where I'm at today. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Some, uh, some technical difficulties with grant. We'll, we'll get him up and running going forward throughout the day. We could take your calls. What's your biggest need for the Packers in this draft? Uh, tight end is up there. I mean, safety's up there, but when you say what's the most important need, safety's a position that you could see Rasul Douglas get moved to. Uh, safety's a position that, while important, I, I don't think is as critical as maybe the other ones. Um, but tight end, I, I would probably say number three. Number two, I might even go offensive tackle. Where when you talk about depth and you talk about how to build the team going forward, uh, Defensive trenches, offensive trenches. I go there before I go to tight end. 
877-867-1670. We can take your thoughts. I believe Grant is back. Yeah. Mr. Bills. And and I've been listening to you the whole time. You've been killing it. Uh, I told you I don't miss the end of games now because of the consequences of my actions from years ago, missing that Packers finish. Uh, my computer needed to update, and it was tired of me clicking no, and it said we're doing this now. <laughs> so I apologize <laughs> about that. I'm with you, though, about the defensive line. I, I think you can compensate for not having tight ends, right? You can involve the wide receivers more. You can use your stable of running backs. You can compensate for that. I don't know if you can compensate for not having defensive linemen. You said you can compensate for safety. You move Rasul Douglas there, but you can certain looks and move guys around. You can't really do that at defensive line. If you don't have good players along the defensive line and on the line of scrimmage, you're just kind of SOL. There's not much you can do about that scheme wise. So what are your biggest needs? If you were to, or most important needs, if you were to rank them entering this draft, I would go defensive line is number one, and it's clear for me. And I include edge in that, just defensive trenches. Second, I would still go offensive line, even though there are bodies there, mainly because of the future of David Bakhtiari and looking a year or two into the future. Not to mention, it could be a guy that that plugs and plays in year one, depending on what you do with with Jenkins and, and Nyman moving him around, I would go tight end as the third most important need on the team. Yeah, and they might have fewer bodies at tight end than those other positions, although they, they're losing Adrian Amos, I think, so it's not like they have a ton at safety either. But Ben, just look at the last five or six teams to make a Super Bowl. All of these teams have one of two things, or maybe both. They have an elite defensive lineman, edge rusher or interior, or they have lots of lots of good guys like the eagles they had a deep stable of guys they could rotate everyone stayed fresh hassan reddick was great yes but they had a stable of guys along that defensive front the chiefs have frank clark right remember the the unit that the buccaneers had a couple of years ago you're just not going to find a lot of teams that have gone on deep postseason runs made a super bowl and 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 look at that team and say well their defensive line stunk you're hard pressed to find a championship caliber team a super bowl level team with a poor defensive line of scrimmage which is kind of what, in my opinion, the Packers have right now. Even if you control for Rashawn Gary coming back and being effective at the start, they're not deep enough. They're not talented enough. Unless Devontae Wyatt becomes Aaron Donald, right? And I think he's going to be good. But still, yeah. they're not close to deep enough. And obviously, there are, is some. there's a lot of pushback to Joe Barry and how he goes about his defense. And as Devondre Campbell said on Twitter about a week ago, mixed in with some other things that were tweeted, almost every defensive coordinator in the NFL runs kind of what Joe Barry runs. Defenses, is, they're getting more passive. There's less blitzing. There's more, yeah. can you do what you do all the way down the field to beat us? Which is infuriating to watch as a fan, but that's a lot of what NFL defense is now. And at the end of the day, how do you best... How do you best equip a defensive coordinator to play that style of defense, like it or not? Have a dominant off uh, defensive line that can yeah. get to the quarterback, that can stop the run. I haven't even mentioned sacking or, or pass rush or getting to the quarterback. I'm just starting with defending the run. Again, I, th this was when you dropped off for a second, Grant. They were, I mean, one of the worst rush defenses in football last year by the pure yeah. yards per carry, yards, and then also by a lot of the... A lot of the stuff the uh, the analysts go by in terms of efficiency. 
Yeah. Like, I don't think you as a defense can, can work until you figure that out. And it, it hasn't gotten better from last year. If anything, it's gotten worse. They've gotten more thin. Well, most teams have a weakness somewhere, right? There's very few perfect teams. The Eagles had as few weaknesses last year as I've ever seen a team have. Like, that was just about as complete of a team as, as you can find. Now, their defense didn't play well when it mattered most, but their defense was really talented and, and stacked with good players top to bottom. Most defenses have a weakness somewhere. The weakness can't be a bad defensive line of scrimmage. You can't be getting blown off the ball. Because I, I think, Ben, I and most other Packers fans watched that game against the Eagles last year and said, you can't, you can't win like this. You, can, you, cannot, you, cannot, you cannot go on a long playoff run and win multiple playoff games in a row with a defense that gets blown off the ball by a team with a strong offensive line in a running game. It's prohibitive, right? You are a paper tiger of a team. Even if you make up for it with a brilliant passing day and your offense, no. At the end of the day, you can't win multiple playoff games in a row and go on a run with a defense that gets blown off the line of scrimmage like that, like we saw against the Eagles. So, uh, you know who is, uh, and we'll get to the phone calls here in a second, 877-867-1670. Grant, you know who has rocketed up my big board now to the number three spot overall in terms of semi-likely? Um, the first two are guys they might have to trade up for, which is Jalen Carter and Smith and Jigba. They're the prohibitive, got to get them. Number three, Lucas Van Ness. Lucas Van Ness, baby. I'm all in. Give me a, a hard-nosed Iowa defensive lineman that can rush off the edge, that can play inside a bit, that can tackle, comes from a, a true run-stopping defense. That's where I want to go. That's where I would be thrilled if the Packers went. I think that would be a great first step as to fixing that problem entering next year. 877-867-1670. Let's go to the phones. Let's start it off. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Uh, this is Ben and Green Bay. Ben, what's up, man? What's on your mind? Well, um, I actually I agree with you completely. I think defensive line slash edge rusher is the most important, and uh, it's really a twofold. Um, the first reason is like you got to control line of scrimmage. And the last two years, when the Packers defense played better, it was two different reasons. When Joel Berry was out and Jerry Gray took over, they seemed to play better. And the end of the last year, when Joel Berry came out and said that he gave the players more say in what happened and how they played, they seem to play better. So to me, it seems the less he's involved, the better they play. So let's get better athletes and control line of scrimmage. And uh, my other reason is I'm just not completely sold on the offensive side's philosophy on how to use the tight end. Um, I, don't, I, I, know, I know it's important for their game plan, but even last year, it seems like they have the tight end run a lot of almost like generic running back routes. Huh. And I think to spend any real draft capital on somebody to run out in the flat or not line up as a wide receiver because you like that inch back mentality. Um, I just, I don't, I don't see a guy that's going to give you, you know, at best probably four touches a game, maybe that that's, that that's worth the 13 or 15 draft. That's an interesting point. I, I would ask whether you think that was the philosophy because that's how they work with tight ends or because the tight end room wasn't any good. Because that yeah, could have been part of it, could... right? If, if they had a dominant guy, I'm sure he is more of a prominent guy in the in the passing game. I don't think neither Tanya nor Lewis were very good last year. 
and I agree. I just, I, even on, you know, times when you say, you know, you want to try to use the middle of the field, it just, it seemed, it seemed ignored. And even if you believe the tight end needs to, needs to play that role, but you don't have that guy, it doesn't even seem like some of the wide receivers were exploring the middle of the field either. So it, I just, I, I mean, if they draft them and they come out and all the guys out run team routes and pinch those safeties all day long, great. And I'll be happy to be wrong, but I'm just not willing to risk a first-round pick on something that might not end up being a pick. where you can get, you know, a good run-stopping lineman and, or, you know, a pass rusher because who knows how, how quickly Rashawn Gary's going to come back if he's going to be full strength. I mean, I don't want to go into game one with a – you know, patchwork defensive line. Like you said, five minutes to carry. I mean, that's there, there's things I can do with my Sunday afternoon aside from pull my hair out watching <laughs> watching them blown a yard or two off the line. Yeah. All right, Grant, we got to take her. Uh, uh, ben, are you in on? I'm going to start a. We're starting a movement on this show, Grant, today, Friday before the draft. We're all in on LVN. Ben, are you in? Yeah. All right. I'm, I, you know what? I, I am. Give, give me a guy that's going to run through and bring his lunchbox to work and run through a wall for you. Give heck yeah. Love it. I appreciate the phone call, man. Call again. 877-867-1670. Great call. I prefer, I prefer my guys to start games in college, Ben Kenny. Let's start a game in the Big Ten before we're top ten in the draft, please. Thank you. I'll address that when we come back. It's not there his fault. He oh. is. It's There's something Iowa does. That is a that is a philosophy there, one of many wrong was, philosophies that they have. That is the reason he didn't start. All right, we'll, we'll touch on that next. Uh, what's the Packers' biggest? What's the Packers' most important need in the draft? Are you sure it's tight end? I I'm more and more in on the defensive line. I'm talking myself into Lucas Van Ness as the pick. Obviously, still with with Njigba there. There are a lot of routes that I think would make a lot of Packers fans happy, but. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm drawn towards Lucas Van Nasser, defensive lineman at that spot. We will continue to get into that. More draft thoughts, some Rogers talk coming up as well. 877-867-1670. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny and for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. uncomfortable getting hands in the air and Lucas Van Ness young Iowa. boots it away it's tipped again second time Iowa has got a hand on a cyclone punt and they'll have it right around the 20 yard line oh welcome in it's the Bill Michaels show happy Friday everybody what you just heard is audio of Lucas Van Ness at Iowa not, not blocking one punt in a game, but blocking two Iowa state cyclones ended up winning the game 10 to seven because the Iowa offense got to the five yard line and fumbled twice uh, and really failed to move forward ever. That's not important. Lucas Van Ness. That's the pick grant. We talk about defensive line. We talk about special teams, the whole package, Mr. Van Ness. Well, my first comment about that audio is going to be 
Well, with all of those short fields, certainly Iowa must have hung a lot of points on the Cyclones that day. But you beat me to the punch by saying they only scored 10 points. I like I like the fit of a player like Lucas Van Ness. <laughs> Play on the defensive line, edge rusher, can move around, do lots of things. I don't know that I love the player. If you could give me another person with all of the same football traits as Lucas Van Ness, I'd be in. I can't get there with him. He's too good-looking. It's just, it weirds me out. He weirds me out. It's not a character thing. This is a 100% vibes thing. All right. It's the Bill Michaels Show, by the way. Bad radio hosting. Welcoming in a lot of those on the network joining us for the 11 o'clock hour. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills with you today on this uh, pre-draft week Friday. Talking about the Packers' needs, the avenues they can go in the NFL draft. I... I, I am still a big proponent of Jackson Smith and Jake, but the wide receiver from Ohio State. I have completely talked myself into Lucas Van Ness, though. We, we began the show looking at the Packers' biggest needs, and while tight end is one, I would argue it's defensive line, and that's a guy that goes and, and fixes that issue or at least goes a, a large way towards doing it and a special teamer, as you heard coming back from break. Uh, I have a fun exercise, Grant. This is only going to last, hopefully, for two minutes before I get back to the phones. Would you like me to read Iowa's drive chart against Iowa State that day after Lucas Van Ness was blocking punts? Ben, I would love nothing more than to hear you read that. Well, they had a two-play 16-yard touchdown drive to take a 7-0 lead after starting with the ball on the Iowa State 16-yard line. Two plays, 16 yards. Good drive. Good start. Uh, their next drive went four plays, 15 yards punt. They went five, uh, eight plays, 30 yards fumble. Uh, six plays, 26 yards punt. Three plays, five yards punt. Uh, three plays, two yards interception. Then the half ended uh, where they had a couple plays for two yards. Uh, oh, this is my favorite. Three. They started with the ball on the Iowa State 30. Uh, three plays, five yards punt. Three plays, one yard punt. Five plays, 19 yards, fumble, uh, so on and so forth. There are two more punts, a missed field goal, and a turnover on downs in there. So there you go. Certainly that offensive coordinator position must have been addressed. No. Proved. No, it's not. Changed at all in any way. And I don't think the people here really care about Iowa football. I just had to throw it in there. Uh, We care about good sports talk, Ben. And there's... Not many hosts who are at their best the way that you're at your best when you're talking about Brian Ferentz and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, the offensive coordinator who needs to score 25 points a game to keep his job this season, who also, if you are unfamiliar, just so happens to be the head coach's son and has uh, had a dismal couple years at Iowa. But Lucas that's Van Ness, that's my pick. He has rocketed up to number one on my Packers big board going into this draft next thursday uh the other big story of the day the nfl has suspended lions wide receiver jameson williams former now lions wide receiver quintus Stevens, who was released for gambling violating the gambling policy it is said that they were some of them were betting on nfl games uh oh here it is major suspensions uh, handed down the ones who gambled on nfl games cephas and another player were suspended a year. The players suspended six games bet on college football games. That might be where I I question things. Just make it a year. Send the message. 
six games is in the grand scheme of it not not close to a full year year 17 now and yeah big difference between betting on nfl and college probably but if you want to actually send a message i think i'd make it equal punishment interesting so they were betting on college games, but they were doing so inside the Lions facility. And I guess the Lions within the last couple months, we now know, fired a bunch of staffers because they were gambling together. In the, they were placing bets, and they were doing little pools at work. We had a snow pool at work. You guys do snow pools at the building in Madison. You all throw a buck in, you guess the snow total, a big snowfall. That sounds surprisingly fun. Yeah. But no. I always go under. I'm I price is right style because you can't go over. So I'm always low. Plus, I I'm always skeptical of big snow totals here on the western side of the state. I know you're dying to hear more details about this. This year must have gone way over. Um, by you, I'm sure. Up north, I'm sure we didn't get a lot of snow in Lacrosse. We're kind of oh right, protected you're, here. Your freaking golf courses have been open for for a month. Yeah, although we did get hit harder than the rest of the state last week like we did get our due it came in april i never won any of the money but that's the that's the extent of the gambling we do at work you can't do that in an nfl facility ben kenny that'll get you suspended no no uh this is a show of of representation as well we we gladly and proudly represent both sides of the state yeah probably not the upper side but i would argue there are two sides if you go left and right east and west are you saying the coasts are the only parts of the state that the, the rest of it is just drive-through country. No, 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 no. I would, I would never say that. Not at all. But if you were to divide the state in half, we would have both yeah. sides represented. Mm-hmm. Literally. Oh, between the two of us, I see what. Correct. You're yeah. That's what I mean. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We got a caller from Plum City in the last hour. We're rocking today. Thoughts on the Packers and the draft? What is your biggest need for the Packers? Mine is defensive line. Grant's yours. I think I probably agree defensive line slash edge rusher we're grouping those together right yes defensive trenches defensive the trenches yeah let's just say the trenches defensive trenches offensive tackle you could throw that in as well where i again 15 is a take the best player you could take and it just so happens that one of the best players could be also along the defensive line which helps so if they take a tackle and they get one of the premier ones seems like a no-brainer but it is a need when you look more into the future, whether it's Bakhtiari's long-term, uh, he's older. He hasn't played a whole season in forever. So that's a that's still a need on the team. I, I would maybe go tight end above it, though, talking about next year. Like next year's the important year, right? That's when we learn about love. That's when we learn about LaFleur and Barry and, and what the future of the team looks like. So while I would totally understand getting a tackle and I would support it, I would not be angry at it. I'd probably want a tight end more. What could I talk myself into being more fun? It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, more tight fun. end. Yeah. For sure. I I have a Craig Council level of trust in Adam Stenovich and his ability to set up the offensive line for success. Like Craig <laughs> Council, give him a group of relievers. He's going to make it work. He's going to get the most out of that group. Unless you take away Josh Hader and replace him with wall-punching Devin Williams and Taylor Rogers, Relax. Matt Bush. There are limits to even Craig Council's power. But I, I feel the same way about Adam Stenovich. Like, give him a group of offensive linemen, a couple of vets, a couple of young guys. He's going to make it work. So I, I don't know if they're dying to draft tackles or certainly guards in the top 15 for that reason. Give Adam Stenovich the whole offense, though, and you might take a step backwards. 
which is another discussion as to what's going on, which I want to get to later about who we need to rely on and look towards the most to make the offense work next year. I think we're going to touch on that in 20 minutes, call it. 877-867-1670. Back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. What's going on, man? Gerard from Gerard from Delaware. How you ah, doing, buddy? A pleasure. Good. Good, sir. <laughs> East Coast flavor, uh, Grant, as if you don't get enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, in reality, depending upon how many quarterbacks go, the Packers are really picking 11th or 12th, correct? Sure. Okay, so, and it all depends on what they get from the Jets. If, let's say, for argument's sake, they get a second and a first next year. Now, remember, they used two seconds to move up and get Watson, right? <clears throat> so, so what I'm saying is, who is the best when they're going to pick? Is it the best receiver or the best pass rusher? Then you pick either one, and whatever you don't get, you use those two second rounders to move up and get what you really and that might be where I stop that. If if the Packers get another second round pick, I want them drafting two players in the second round. I don't want them Would trading rather, up in the second round. Well, then you could look at it two ways. Would you rather get an A or two C pluses or C plus and a B or an A? What would you rather get? That's uh, a lot you of numbers, but uh, but but is the difference between the start Actually, of the no letters? <laughs> but is the start of the second round is the difference between that and mid second round A versus C? Or you want to trade back into the first round? Well, okay, so they're saying if you move two second round picks, you can move up to seventeenth and nineteenth. That's what this formula said. So is right, the but what's the point of? I don't see the point of doing that when you need to like this roster needs help at a lot of different places. And second round is still a quality pick. It's not like you're drafting in the seventh. Well, look, when I'm looking at it, my point of view is this. Either you could get two potential Pro Bowl guys in the first round or two guys that are a little uh, pretty good starters. You see what I'm saying? So I, I that's the way I look at it. I want premium talent. That's what I want. I don't want just guys. And those guys in the second round sometimes just turn out to be just guys. Whereas you, if you move up to seven, let's say you get the 15th and the 17th pick, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Then the 40, then the 43rd and the 45th. Well, unless you trade up to that spot and take a freaking safety, you know what I mean? (laughs) Where you go deep in the second round, at least you have the options to me. It's like, okay, yeah. First round picks can miss. Second round picks can miss. I still think second is somewhat quality. But okay. but you get into but the second look, round, I think your options are more plentiful, top to bottom, position-wise. Look at Goody's track record. Look at Goody's track record. He did use the two second-round picks to move up to get the receiver, correct? So look at his track record now. Okay, okay. he did it last year. I'm saying I don't want him to do it again because this team needs more good young players, not just um, one or two. They need a lot. He needs well, to start rebuilding this roster around love. What's your partner think? I'd like to know what he thinks too, you know, Ben. <laughs> okay. I like listening to Ben Thank respond you. to questions, especially <laughs> when you throw a bunch of letter grades at him and make him choose. Because I don't know how I'd handle that. Do you know, do you know I've been following the draft for, I have um, your Our Lads guide. I have- There's multiple ways to build an offense and support a young quarterback. I don't know if player A and player B are necessarily comparable. Like Jamar Chase, was known to be the best receiver in college football for two years before he came out. And Penny Sewell, the same. Like, that was very obvious, 1A and 1A at their position. 
I, I don't think we can compare the players, but we can compare the dynamic. It's like, well, we want to protect Jordan Love. We need line help. Well, a wide receiver that gets open really fast also helps protect Jordan Love. So there's multiple ways to do it. And I think the Sewell chase situation from a couple of years ago is a good example of that. 877-867-1670. Agree. Uh, chime in if you want. We could take your calls when we come back. Our buddy Jordan chimed in. He said, if if Goody thinks uh, on Twitter, by the way, at Ben Z. Kenny, you can follow Grant at Wisco Grant. If Goody thinks the Packers can compete, you go get a skilled guy. If you think they're bottom half of the league, get O-line or D-line. It's an interesting way of putting it, and I see it. Kind of goes back to, are the Packers X away from making a run at the Super Bowl? I would say probably not. I I mean, they're Jordan Love being amazing away, but are they X draft player away from doing it? I would argue no. Which could lead to, okay, then you build for longer term. What, What does that look like? It could be the trenches. But even so... I mean, if you get the opportunity to take the number one receiver in the draft, you do it. Do you think the Packers were X player away from making a Super Bowl at the end with Aaron Rodgers? I don't think they were any players away. I think they, they had there. the this is this is the Goody conversation. I think they had the team for two years. They just didn't they didn't do it. They were a good special teams coach away, or from okay. from going deeper, but. The 2020 and 2021 teams, in my opinion, were Super Bowl caliber for football teams. Those teams were good enough to win the Super Bowl. They just didn't do it, which happens sometimes. Happens a lot in Green Bay. It does. 877-867-1670. We'll step away, uh, come back in three minutes, take your calls on all of it. Packers draft, biggest needs, how you would approach the first couple of rounds if you were Brian Gutekinst here on Draft Week Eve. There's a lot more to come. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben and Grannon for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.